Welcome to Naomi's Table, a Bible study podcast for women. I'm your host, Amy Spreeman. Check out all the Bible studies at Naomi'sTable.com. Now here's teacher Beth Seifert with today's lesson in 2 Corinthians. So pull up a chair, open your Bibles, and let's begin. Well, welcome back to our study in the book of 2 Corinthians, ladies. Today we'll be in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 12 through 17. And I've titled this lesson, Day 4. What is that smell? So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open to 2 Corinthians chapter 2, starting in verse 12. When I came to Troas to preach the gospel of Christ, even though a door was open for me in the Lord, my spirit was not at rest because I did not find my brother Titus there. So I took leave of them and went on to Macedonia. But thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession, and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. For we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved, and among those who are being perishing. To one a fragrance from death to death, to the other a fragrance from life to life. Who is sufficient for these things? For we are not, like so many, peddlers of God's word, but as men of sincerity, as commissioned by God in the sight of God, we speak in Christ. We see clearly that Paul was in Troas. We actually know that while he was in Troas, according to Acts 16.8, Paul had a vision of a man in Macedonia imploring him to come and help. So Paul had the opportunity to share the gospel at Troas, which he did, but his concern for Titus led him to Macedonia. He didn't remain long at Troas, but continued on to hear news from Titus about what was going on with the church in Corinth. Titus was carrying the letter to Corinth and was supposed to report to Paul at Troas. So when Titus didn't show up at Troas, Paul was worried. He was concerned for Titus and also for the church in Corinth. He was concerned about what had happened in Corinth, how the church responded to the letter, and what became of all of that. It's interesting to note that Paul had an opportunity for an apparently effective ministry in Troas, yet that opportunity did not usurp Paul's responsibility and commitment to the Corinthian church. Paul expresses his concern for these believers and then moves on to two of the best words in all of Scripture. But God. You can see that Paul clearly sees that God is still sovereign even over all of these events, and God used those events to glorify himself and save lost sinners to himself. We see Paul shift from the physical, practical issues he was facing to the spiritual here, and he uses a description we might not fully get in our world today. In ancient times, the returning victorious army would lead their captives into their town upon their return as a sign of their victory. Now, Christ always is triumphant, ladies, and he was no less triumphant in this. Christ leads his servants in triumphant procession as well, as the fragrance of the gospel of the knowledge of Christ is spread. One more time, we see that it really is all about him. He is the one who leads. He is the one who equips. And it is a knowledge of him that leads to saving faith. So despite Paul's worries and concerns, 
God used Paul in this delay to share the gospel where Paul was at. Paul sees himself as part of God's triumphant procession, but he is a joyful captive of his former enemy, and his form, former enemy was God. Now Paul participates in and spreads the news of the victory of the king who captured him. When people come to saving faith, the knowledge of Christ truly is a fragrance. It's sweet and it's beautiful and it's amazing when you realize that you are a hell-bound sinner and you are suddenly rescued from your sin and lifted out of the pit you may not even have realized you were in. Yes, that is fragrant and enticing and wonderful. And guess what? Wherever your Savior leads you, you too should be the taint of Christ on those people around you. There should be something different about those who are led by Christ. Our lives should be lived to glorify God, and we shouldn't be hiding Him or trying to blend in. The fragrance associated with us should be consistent with the knowledge that we put forth, salvation through Christ alone. To those who are being saved, the aroma of Christ's followers is the aroma of life. Our lives, as we see in Romans 12, 1-2, are to be an offering to God. He delights in us and uses us for His glory. God is pleased with us in our lives as we live our lives for Him. This is a more real and final fulfillment of the Old Testament scripture that we are a sweet aroma to God. No more is it the fragrance of an animal on an altar that pleases God. Nope. Now it is our lives lived in sacrifice to Him daily that pleases Him. So that fragrance that Christ's followers exude has importance for the people who are witnessing it and for the God who enables us to live lives for Him. But there is a contrast here and it's a stark one. To those who are perishing, we are a reminder of the death that is coming for those who are without Christ. We are a reminder that they are unprepared for that final step. The fragrance that they perceive as they continue to reject the hope offered is one of death. It's a constant reminder that they aren't prepared to die and face the judgment that all men will face. Hebrews 9 tells us that it is appointed for each man to die once and after that to face the judgment. We all know that we will face a real judgment, but those who are choosing to rebel against their Creator will reject and despise His people in this world as well, because we are a reminder that they are unprepared. This theme of receiving two different reactions to the preaching of God's words is one that we saw Paul expound on in 1 Corinthians as well. In 1 Corinthians 1, 20-25, he talked about how Christ is a stumbling block to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved, he is the power of God unto salvation. Indeed, in 1 Corinthians, he reminded the people that the wisdom of God is far above the wisdom of the world, and the wisdom of the world thinks that God's wisdom is foolishness. This isn't a new theme, but this was a needed reminder for the church in Corinth, and for us today as well. We need to remember that we really do have the power of God unto salvation, and we need to share that. Especially as this world grows more hostile to God, we need to be sure that we are doing what we can to point people to the only hope that exists, Christ. Paul also clarifies here that he isn't peddling God's word, using God's word to advance himself or make himself wealthy. Let's be honest, if wealth was Paul's goal, he's going about it entirely wrong. No, indeed, Paul shares the gospel as one commissioned by God 
sincerely preaching to bring honor to God. That's his goal, and wherever Christ leads him, that's what Paul continues to do. Yet then, as today, many preach as no more than a means to personal benefit or financial reward, not to the glory of God. Those people have always existed, seeing an opportunity for their own benefit here and now in the words of Christ. But those who peddle the gospel for their own wealth have no real fruit in their lives that evidence the work of the Holy Spirit. Indeed, these people, in almost every case, distort and twist the gospel to their own benefit, while their twisting condemns both themselves and their hearers. Paul clearly knows that everything that he does is done in the sight of God, and thus Paul strives to keep his conscience clear in all that he teaches. So, a couple of things for us to consider today, ladies. First of all, do you know that you are following the triumphant king? Are you a willing captive of Christ, working for his purposes, sharing his message? Your king is triumphant, ladies. He has victory over the sin and death that is in the world, and we share in that victory. Do you know that? Are you walking through life following as one who is glad to be part of the procession? Or are you walking through life just trying to blend in? That brings up the second point, ladies. As those who are part of the triumphant procession of Christ, are you putting forth a fragrance that is the hope of salvation for those who are perishing? Are you living a life that is actually different or not? Again, knowing that your king is the victor, where is your boldness to go forth and live as one who belongs to him? Finally, ladies, do you know that your life is not lived in secret? Are you striving to live a life that honors God, knowing that your life is bare before him and that there are no secrets kept from him? Are you repenting of sin that he reveals in you, or are you justifying your sin? Ladies, we are part of the triumphant procession of our King, just as Paul and so many who came before us were. Just in case you needed the reminder today, here it is. We know how this all ends. We know who wins. We win. When our lives are hidden with Christ, we win. Period. Ladies, are we living like victors, confident in the hope we have? Or are we just trying not to draw attention to ourselves, and thus not drawing attention to what a mighty Savior we have? Ladies, we win. Go out today and be confident in the one who has redeemed you and share that hope with others. Ladies, you'll find the notes for this study under the Bible Studies tab of the website naomistable.com, Day 4. What is that smell? <laughs>